It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. Another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford, come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe below Laker Tom today right there on YouTube, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you can like, again, like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, our great folks at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out Jamie Sweet on his Five Things articles, and, of course, the number one Laker blogger out there, Laker Tom, at Lakerholics.com. Plus, go ahead and check out what he's doing on Twitter at Laker Tom as well. Plus, our good friend, Mr. Joe Soro, a.k.a. Ox1947. You can go ahead and check out what he's doing today at LakersBall.com. I'm sure he's saying a lot of things right now in regards to the latest news in the NBA, which we'll touch on here in a minute. Plus, also our friends at the Hoopheads Podcast Network at HoopheadsPod.com. And if you can go ahead and support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated well we finally got some headway here as far as a direction for some of these nba teams and it all seemingly this summer seemed to hinge on the status of what would happen with the pending trade or not pending trade for kevin durant because his trade request throughout the summer was there was hovering over the entire league and i guess after a meeting with all the the front office and the, uh, the governorship of the Brooklyn Nets, including Joe Tsai and also Sean Marks and Steve Nash and Kevin Durant and his agent. And of all places, Los Angeles. Oh, irony there. They all decided to come to a happy medium, uh, happy medium. And as a statement, the Brooklyn Nets put out there that they're all moving forward together. As one big happy family, I search your own song there, whether it's Reunited or any other touchy-feely, lovey-dovey song that you can go ahead and and think of. Yes, they're all family once again. They're going to go forward together as a happy Nets group, which means for us here in Lakersland, that means I think that a Kyrie Irving trade for now is out the window. 
So what's plan B for the Lakers? We'll go ahead and talk about that on today's show because it looks like now for everybody who is hankering and hoping for a Kyrie Irving trade, unfortunately, he's not going to get that anytime soon, at least to the Lakers, that's for sure. But we'll talk about that. Plus, Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers, episode three. We're going to go ahead and talk about that on the show as well. But first, it is Kevin Durant's decision to go ahead and move forward with the Brooklyn Nets as they are going to come back with him, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, and the rest of the crew at Brooklyn fielding a competitive team. I don't think it's a championship team as it stands right now, but it's going to be something that I think will be able to compete in the Eastern Conference. But that doesn't do us any favors. So now we're looking to plan B. So what is plan B for the Los Angeles Lakers? And here today to talk about that is a good man indeed. Again, he is the number one Lakers blogger out there at Lakerholics.com. Please go ahead and check out his latest blog today and go ahead and follow him today for all the, I guess, scrapped Laker trades that <laughs> and his his work over the past week on those Laker trades. And they're all just like, whew, out the window. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Good to have you here, my friend. Unfortunately, the news for the Lakers isn't getting any better this summer as Kevin Durant decides to, after making a big deal about a trade demand, rescinds a trade demand and decides to move forward with the team that he's on currently, the Brooklyn Nets. Well, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at this situation. And uh, in many ways, I'm actually happy that the, the Kyrie Irving option is not there any longer. I've been on the record for a couple of weeks as favoring the Pacers as the logical way for the Lakers to go. Um, I've always felt that Kyrie Irving, aside from his personality quirks and, and the fact that he's become untrustworthy, um, he's going to take touches away from LeBron and AD, and that's the last thing I want to see happen on the Lakers. I want to see the Lakers surround LeBron and AD with players who complement them. And plan B for me it has to be the Indiana Pacers, Miles Turner, and Buddy Heald. They cannot find a better solution for the starting center than Miles Turner. He's the stretch five rim protector that the Lakers need. That that basically Darvin Ham needs to make that offense work. Um, and Buddy Heald, for two years in a row, it looked like Buddy Heald might be the guy who was almost traded to the Lakers, um, as he obviously was ditched when we traded for Russell Westbrook. And it looked like he was going to get ditched again when we were going to trade for Kyrie Irving. Now that Irving's out of the bat, out of the picture, I think the opportunity to get Buddy Heald and, and uh, Miles Turner is too great an opportunity for the Lakers. The wrinkle in that is that the Pacers are willing to take two picks to get these guys, but are the Lakers willing to give two picks to get them? Because are they worth two picks? Oh, I definitely think they're worth two picks. I don't think there's a doubt about that. I do. Um, I think there's two thirds of the people and two thirds of the analysts out there looking at it. It's really the perfect trade for the Lakers because they get this they get the stretch five they need and they get the shooting they need. I think it's possible that we might be able to get a pick swap instead of a second pick. A pick swap is basically gives them the same ability to get the Lakers pick. Um, the only difference is, is that they have to choose to not take their own pick. Um, and so the pick swap is a possibility in order to keep one pick. Um, it would be good to keep a pick because one of the big benefits I 
I just wrote an article about how Kyrie Irving could be the key to, or how Miles Turner could be the key to getting Kyrie Irving at the trade deadline. The player that really fits well that is missing on the Brooklyn Nets is a stretch five center. They don't have anybody to play center. They're really struggling to find somebody to do that. They're going to probably start a power forward at center. And they basically wanted Miles Turner. And they've talked about trying to trade for him and so forth, but they just haven't had the capital um, because they gave it all away in the James Harden trade. So the big question is going to be, will the Lakers go for the Pacers trade? Because there's going to be an option out there from the Utah Jazz as remnants or part of a three-team trade with Utah and New York, there's a possibility there that we could get a trade that would be only one pick, and we could come away with a pick to have next year. We've seen how valuable the picks are when you try to make a midseason trade. Jamie's made a big point of that, and it's always been one of his strongest arguments. You know, I think the Lakers will try that. Um, We'll see if it works. Um, But there's a chance that the Lakers – and it's sort of combined with the, the whole LeBron James thing that LeBron was apparently promised that the Lakers would use the two picks. So now that Kyrie is often taken off the board, the, the question becomes, will they use them for, uh, will they use them for the Pacers trade or will they prefer to instead uh, go in the New York route? Um, there's one last piece of evidence, uh, information that's come out, which is that Buddy Heald has all of a sudden become a favorite in Indiana. Um, not only has he shot well during the period of time he's been there, but he's raised his assist rate up to between three and four assists a game versus one and two career. His defense has been terrible, but they are sort of thinking that maybe they would keep him. So there's a possibility. I put out a trade on Twitter that involved Indiana giving, uh, getting one draft pick from the Lakers and uh, getting, giving up for uh, Miles Turner only as part of that trade. And we gave the other pick uh, to uh, the Nets, uh, excuse me, not the Nets, to the Utah Jazz in order to get a player from from them, that are two players from them, basically uh, Beverly and uh, Beasley. Uh, so you end up with Beverly, Beasley, and uh, Turner as the three picks that you get. You still have a pick left over with, uh, or you still have a, Taylor Horton Tucker as another player that you can do. So there's a lot of things that are happening for the Lakers. I think of them are positive. The last thing I wanted to see was the Lakers get hung out to dry um, and waiting and waiting for a Kevin Durant trade that might not even happen, you know, before training camp. So I think we've got some clarity to the situation. The one thing with the trades for that involve Beverly or Beasley is they can't happen till August 30th because they're recently traded players. So August 30th is a week from today. Um, I think we'll get a lot of clarity between now and August 30th uh, as to what the teams are negotiating. And I think the Lakers will end up trading Russell Westbrook either to the Indiana Pacers or to the Utah Jazz. I wouldn't trade him for two first-round draft picks. I think that's a seriously uh, inept thinking If you're because you have Buddy Heald, who shot three percent percentage points lower than his career average last year. Yes, he did sc- score more. Than he did with Sacramento when he moved over to Indiana. Yes, he did pass the ball more and got more assists, but the Lakers want him for his shooting. And if his shooting is starting to slide down, again, three percentage points below his career average, which is what he did in Indiana, that should be of some concern. Plus, again, his defense is a substandard. 
at this point in time as far as below league average. And then you have Miles Turner, who in the past two years, two seasons, 42 games, 47 games. Then you top up, I think, was in the 60 games. The last time he had a actually really consistent season, which he was in most of the games or enough games to make everybody satisfied that he was a consistent game and game out player was in 2019 when he had 74 games out of 82. And I think that's something I think they need to be bearing in mind before you go ahead and give even both draft picks or even a swap on the second back. You're talking about, you're talking about draft picks that are five and seven years away. Uh, Picks that we're never going to use no matter what philosophy we're doing. We're but not the going thing, to use those picks. But you, you're not get traded. Well, you but you have them for other means. You could let's say the Lakers, mm-hmm. you know, post LeBron, they get another player. You know, yeah, if you if you end up, listen, you don't make trades is, just to make trades. And the yeah. way that the people are talking about this, you, you're, they're talking about making these trades just to make trades for players with a lot of no. Issues. But you trade you trade to take care of the opportunity that you have a two year window now with LeBron James to win a championship. And if you don't go all in for that two year window, that is totally contrary to what they've promised LeBron James. And also to the whole idea that it's not just a contract. It's what you do to help that player win in his last years. As I a understand, superstar but on getting, getting a miles Turner that statistically may only play half the games and buddy healed who doesn't play defense <laughs> and is actually shooting less from three point line. That's not letting Gerald. We're getting in. these are players we're getting for Russell Westbrook. I understand that you have to understand that. But the salary you're cap not is going to nobody is going to trade players that have no blemishes. So everybody that we're looking at to trade has either got an injury history, is overpaid, doesn't fit with their current club, or is coming off a bad year. Because that's yep. the only reason that people get traded. But you're also forgetting the fact that in 27 and 29, LeBron and AD, it will be post-LeBron and post-AD. There's a very realistic chance that the Lakers may go back into what they once were in the tail end of the 2010s, well, which if, was if not they a very refuse to trade, If they refuse to trade their 2027 and 2029 draft picks, then yeah, they'll get into that situation because that's how you lose. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com. And you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. If you have a better movie in the can, why is that not the movie that you released in the first place? I would say it's more culturally relevant than The Simpsons and Rick and Morty. Like It has become a staple of American entertainment. 
I think Dragon Age 4 is carrying the future of Bioware on its shoulders. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. So what if they do trade for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald? Does that make them a marketably better team? Sure. I don't know whether that's good enough to make them a number six or number five team in the West, but there's no way you can say that. First off, getting rid of Russell Westbrook is addition by subtraction. I'm not disagreeing with you there. Even just sending him home. Even just sending him home is what I would Starting Miles Turner, starting Miles Turner, who led the league the last two years in block shots and is a stretch five who shot four times as many three-point shots in his career. Then Thomas Bryant, who's younger. Well, you're getting mad at me on yeah. this, but the thing no, is, I'm, I'm only, just when he's playing I'm, only half the games, it really doesn't help <laughs> you now, does it? He's 42 out of 82, yeah. Tom. 42 but, games out of 82. Who are you picking instead? You want to go? With, you want to go with Russ? You want to go with Russ for the first half of the season? I would is actually. That your, is that your I, outlet? I'm saying I would outlet? send Russ home. I'm. A, I'm. A, well, you guys made the mention. You guys actually yeah, I'd send him home if we keep him, but it's stupid to keep him because no matter what you think of the Miles Turner Buddy Heel trade, mm-hmm. getting those two guys for Russell Westbrook is a huge plus. How can you not see that, Gerald? Again, I mean, I'm looking uh, look squarely plus. at the statistics, squarely probably at the five or six other organi- uh, pairs of players or trios that I would you take. Think it's, you think it's this huge jump, and you're talking about fifth or sixth team in the Western Conference if they if they get them. That's not a market jump. That's not something that's going to get you over the hump. That's something that's going to make you only competitive. That can win. I think that that's a jump that's good probably for 15 games in the win column. 15 games? You think getting miles Turner to 48. And you, okay, so that, that still puts them around we have, fifth or sixth in the Western Conference. Yeah. That's where I think that they are. Now, the whole point, though, is what they can do for – I mean, you've got a million things. you got to – sure, LeBron's got to stay healthy at 38. Anthony Davis has got to come back and have a year like the bubble year rather than the last two years. You've got a million things. Your rookie coach has got to come through. All of the players that you drafted have got to come through. All of the players you signed as free agents have got to come through. You basically have to make this trade and not screw it up or else – you're really going to be in a pickle. Uh, so there's a million things that are going to go, and we're talking about how do you make a miracle happen? You've got to have a million different things that go right. To make well, I understand you got to appease LeBron because of the contract yeah. that he just signed, but uh, Greg Harris is leaving a comment that I'm. he's looking at the leaving the $47 million clean off the books after the season. He says he would keep Russ. I don't know. I'm kind of leaning on that, and I would just do the John Wall deal where I'd send him home because if you were, I'm worried about the the fact that he would be cause the Lakers won't even him. make the play-in tournament if they do not that. trade Russell. If you West. got a healthy LeBron and AD for 70 games, they would make. The you won't make the play-in tournament even with that because you have no shooting, and the only way you can get shooting 
is to trade Russell Westbrook. We have well, no shooting. All of the shooting is based upon being traded for. Well, I think, Greg, I think we're all in agreement there, even on any scenario, whether you trade for Miles Turner and Buddy Heald or you keep Russell Westbrook's contract or you keep Russell Westbrook on the team, whatever. The bottom line is what you're saying, Greg, is that the Lakers are not winning a chip this season regardless. You know, Laker Tom is also alluding to that as well, because when he says they're, they're a fifth or sixth team at the best with Buddy Heald, that's also admitting that's not a championship team as well. No, but what you also have to accept if you're a Laker fan who saw the championship in the bubble is that if LeBron James is healthy and Anthony Davis is healthy, they're reasonably rested, and we can put a roster around them that is a lot better than last year's roster, I think we all have to admit that, then we still have a puncher's chance, but it's not much more than a puncher's chance. You're going to go in, and I mean, mostly likely it's a first-round win and a second-round loss, unless things gel. And I think that that's a team that that has the possibility. It has a lower ceiling, and it has a higher ceiling and a higher floor, I think, than almost any of the other opportunities that you go out there. The alternative is to go and get a combination of – Beasley and Beverly and and Bogdanovich, uh, maybe uh, maybe uh, Connolly. Uh, you can get four guys from from Utah, and probably since they're they're going to be dumping them, maybe you only have to give them one pick. Well, I actually then, again, you know, I, I Michael H brought up a good point that you're dealing with Danny Ainge, king of the the guy who's. He's going to want two unprotected picks for anything you want to get from from Utah. Again, with with Utah, it's four and four. I did the, I, I on the last show. If people check that out, I proposed a four on four trade, throwing in Wenyan Gabriel, THT, and Stanley Johnson, and then you are getting back four rotational How many players. Picks? How many picks? Uh, I would do pick swaps at the most. Uh, I don't think that no uh, again. You are dealing with Danny Ainge. So does go okay? Then Dan, I guess you Danny, Danny Ainge is going to trade trade to the Lakers with no picks. Well, and let the Lakers take those picks over somewhere else. Forget it. Those picks are the happen. only thing we well, got to understand. Those picks are the only thing that we have left for anything foreseeable down the road. If anything comes along down the road, as far as a viable player that we could trade for a more viable player or tandem or trade for, because as soon as we deal those two picks away, we have nothing left. Absolutely nothing. Yeah, unless you, you want to trade AD. Deal those picks away and a viable player doesn't come along or you can't make the trade for that viable player when it comes along. You're screwed one of the two years you have left with LeBron James. Well, then you've got a bad team, and then you've got to go ahead and you've got the high draft picks that you can go ahead and rebuild again at the later part of, latter part of this decade. I, I mean, this, these are well, the questions that they're asking themselves in the boardroom now as we speak in the Lakers front office. The Lakers are just trying to decide whether it's the Pacers or Utah because they're going to make a move, and it's going to be one of those two teams. We'll see. I, again, you know – this is not as clear cut as you want to make it. And this is not a clear cut as, you know, they've already fallen to the LeBron trap as far as adhering to what he says. Would, you know, What's the clear Russell cut is Russ is not going to be back. Well, I, I, get, I, think that's I don't totally want Russ back. I do not want Russ playing on the team anymore. We've established. Well, don't, we don't want Russ under contract, man. Because if we have uh, Russ under contract. Well, his $47 million dollars comes him. off the books. That's actually pretty attractive still in the days and age with a salary mm-hmm. cap. So, that, well, that's gentlemen's bet here, Ger- Gerald. Russell Westbrook is going to be traded I, before the season starts. 
I don't want to bet anything. Sure. I've already got a bet with Joe. So I got a bet with Joe that the Lakers, he said that the Lakers will never win a championship with Russell Westbrook playing on the roster again. So okay, we'll go with that. Can I get one of that bet? Well, if he if he loses, I'm still trying to. I was I proposed to Kenneth Stone that if 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 the Lakers win a championship with Russell Westbrook playing, that he has to wear. And if you could do it too, if you want, you could wear a I love Clippers shirt and I love Clippers hat is what I proposed to Kenneth Stone. You know that that we would think for Joe Soro on that. So we'll see. Well, but, but it's never going to happen because he won't ever wear the uniform again. So how can he win a championship? Yeah, well, I, I don't think I mean, he will. Either, I don't think but, they're going to vote him a ring if. You know, if if they had him stay, the only let's say he stayed home, are they going to vote him a ring? <laughs> well, there's a good question presented by Nick Wong. What could Kendrick Nunn bring to the current roster? Should the Lakers strive to keep him as a starting guard? point guard? <laughs> He's someone who showed a lot of potential off and on in periods of time when he was allowed to play in Miami. Someone who can hopefully be able to be healthy first off i mean that bone bruise was extended out through an entire season so you're hoping first off that he will be able to get back to health i know that there is the, he's getting closer to going to five on five contract drill uh, drills and i think that by the time training camp comes around he'll be he'll be up to doing five on five and should be should be okay he's, to start he's, uh, he's right now our best three point shooter at 38.3% and that's uh, and that's something that needs to be addressed. I understand that. And of course, Buddy Heald is a career thirty nine point eight percent three point shooter. Let's put that in perspective as well. I'm just telling you what his season was like last year when he was traded to the Indiana Pacers. You're right; he did distribute the ball more. He did score a little bit more than what he did in Sacramento. And well, it's, it's an interesting thing when you look at at, at the point guard position because. Whoever we trade for from Utah or from, well, whoever we trade for, if we trade with the Pacers, we aren't going to have a point guard. So that means you either put, uh, either you put none in that position or you trade for Beverly or you trade for. Yeah, but it's not a super guard. need, Tom. And the reason why I say that is because you have an individual that played point guard. Yeah, but I, I know. And, and, but we've already heard the coach and the general manager say they want to take the load off of LeBron. They've said that the last two through two years too, and they and we've gone out and wasted money on point guards the last two years that we probably shouldn't have wasted between Schroeder and 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 Russ. So you know, and I think one thing you and I can agree on is that once the season starts, no matter who is at the point guard, LeBron is going to be after a made basket asking for the ball, and guess what? The ball is going to go to him as far as that's concerned for the yeah, majority well, of the time. The main thing you want from the point guard, probably a lot of the time the point guard is going to bring the ball down, pass it off to LeBron, and then go into the corner. Because that's the way that four-out that four out offense of theirs works. Basically, the first guy who comes down the court goes to the dunker spot, run regardless of what size he is. And then the next two guys go to the corners, and the last two guys who come down the court, those are the that's – that's usually Giannis and, and Middleton. They get the ball out at the top of the key with nobody to, you know, nobody to help defend them against them. So – the Lakers point guard is is sort of like the Lakers center just because we're going to close games a lot of times with Anthony Davis at the five. So the Lakers point guard and center aren't really a full-time point guard and center. I would have to see it to believe it to see LeBron's usage rate go down substantially. Yeah. I, I, well, I have to see it to believe it. I if it was Kyrie it. Irving playing point and who has the ball and loves that. That's a different story. That. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I want to, I mean, even though it's a minimum contract, I don't know if I want to give Dennis Schroeder the ball again. 
Um, you know, so and and LeBron. LeBron's I just think after everything went threes. down, it's kind of a hard issue. With LeBron's probably going to be a top ten three point shooter this year, as far as volume goes. So he's getting ready for the retirement years. You know, absolutely. As he gets older, every as every player gets older, they have a tendency to rely more on the outside shot. Oh, remember Jason Kidd, Magic Johnson? They both yeah. even developed set shots at the end of their careers, and were yeah. very effective. Well, again, if LeBron gets anywhere close to the 40% with the volume, expected volume that you and I yeah. both think he's going to do about eight to 10 shots a game, at least, then I think that it, I would just be tickled pink if he could do that. And if he could shoot the way he did in those, that one or two years in Miami where he was shooting above 40% from three, that would be amazing if he could do that on eight to 10 uh, shots of volume. You know, that's, that's the one thing that you have to really say about the news today that I mean, as, as long as you believe, like I do, that Russell Westbrook is going to get traded, the players that he's going to get traded for can all shoot. I mean, that's one really good thing because the Jazz and the Pacers have a lot of guys who can shoot the ball, and that's really what we need. Um, and, I mean, we really don't have any shooters right now. It's it's horrible because we've got we've got young, we've gotten more athletic, we've all of those other things combined, but we still don't have we still don't have good shooting. Even if Beverly, let's say you, let's say you get the Utah package and you get Patrick Beverly, he runs your point. I, he's he's similar to it to what you you were doing with with Schroeder, but he's better defensively. No, he's a thirty-eight points three-point shooter. Well, that's what I was 30. going to say. That's going to say. I mean, even though Schroeder and he's, better, and he's a two-time defensive NBA player. Well, yeah, I understand that, but I'm saying as as Schroeder because you got to let me finish when I'm saying these things. Right. Schroeder is more aggressive to the basket, but again, like you said his set shot as far as when it comes to from the outside on his, you know, if you go ahead and give him those three to four shots a game. So again, like you're talking about, if whoever the Lakers bring back, it's going to be an upgrade in shooting. So that's at least something to look at. I'm just, when you, when you concerns the future of the franchise, I understand you have to think of the now when it concerns LeBron, but even you admit when you're talking about moving up, or trading for a plan as this plan B now has to go ahead and come to fruition, a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, you know, these are are upgrades that are only going to be marginal at best with the hope that a healthy LeBron and AD can take you far in the playoffs. I wouldn't say that they're marginal because marginal, marginal sounds like it doesn't really make a difference in how many games you win. I definitely think, what did we win, 33 games last year? 33 games, and I'll say Vegas again, 44 and a half. ESPN has us 42 and a half. Okay, so let's, and that's with the existing team. <laughs> yeah, I, I would guess that they would probably be at 48 to 50 if they if they make the trade, if they trade Westbrook. It's probably going to make that much difference. I don't see and, it right now any scenario that's going to get the Lakers above 50 wins this season as far as whoever they Yeah, I think on. it's possible. I mean, that's not, that doesn't mean that they're a high seed because I think the last time I looked, there were like seven or eight teams in the league that were going to, that were projected to have 50 wins. I mean, so, so, you know, you're, that, that puts you in, what that does is it says that you're a legitimate contender because if LeBron and AD shine, we could legitimately win. We wouldn't be the favorites by sure, by far, or even the second or third favorites. We'd probably be, you know, Five to one, five to one to ten to one shots, something like that. That's probably the best that we can do coming from from missing the playoffs and winning only thirty three games and sucking. 
It's yeah. always hard when it comes to Vegas odds here because so many people come from L.A. and just yeah. just jack but up also the odds. Too, but they're also looking at the fact that, hey, forgetting the other 13 guys, they got LeBron and AD, you know, and two years ago they won a championship. Nick Juan asks, if you would think about bringing back Carmen Lyons, it's something we've talked about in the, in the past couple of weeks and pondered as far as bringing Melo back. Again, horrible defensively. You would have to play him as almost like a stretch five yeah. situation. And then, uh, but again, someone who can shoot 40% from the outside. Or you could give Cole Swider a regular rotation, a regular NBA contract. And I like what I've seen from his shooting, you know, and I, and I think that. Got a great touch. I will admit. And, and we do. The one thing I would say about Mello is that when you look at the depth chart, for any of these trades, one of the things that we don't have is power forward who can stretch the floor, you know? Um, and a young power forward who can stretch the floor can also be a stretch five, you know? Wenyan Gabriel is sort of like that. He's just not a high-quality version of that. Listen, you know, for the Lakers to win a championship, they're going to have to be have incredible health, which we've seen they can only do once out of three years. Hopefully this next year or will be the one of the three, maybe they're going to have to, they're going to have to have guys, all of these shooters that they hopefully get in these trades, they're going to have to not have the Lakers factor where they all of a sudden don't shoot as well as they do. Well, again, AD and LeBron, they have to play 70 games and that's going to be a hard ask because as well, and they also have to shoot. They also have to shoot well because AD is shooting terrible. He needs to show he can correct that. And we know LeBron's going to keep shooting. So we can't see a drop off in that. We hope we hope to have to see an improvement. So, you know, it, that's what all of these ratings of the Lakers team as they are now, as they'll be if we traded for the Pacers, as they would be if we traded for the uh, for the uh, Jazz. All of those are variations of the same team: LeBron James and AD surrounded by, and we know the formula always has been shooting. You know, surround them with shooters. So that you can't double them. That's the one way you can protect them by not doubling. Having always have three other guys out there who can bury the threes. We're now in a lineup. I think we're all of the time. I thought we had even when the Nets were in there. All three teams that we were looking for that that Palenka had narrowed down his trade targets to were teams loaded with shooting that we could get in trade. Um, now that the Nets are eliminated. Uh, Maybe it's a little clearer because at least we won't just sit around waiting now for, you know, for something to happen. I think that if we wait for anything to happen, it's probably the August 30th date. If if Shams has any insights, I mean, he said a month ago that the that the Nets were not going to trade KD. Okay, and he was chortling about that in his in his podcast and so forth. But he also came out and said that, you know, Bogdanovich and Bogdanovich and uh, Beverly were two names that the Lakers should be looking at, which was sort of like a hint that, you know, that a week from the day when the uh, August 30th date comes by for tra- players who are recently traded, we may see some action in that. Again, with, when it comes to Utah, just what are you willing to give up for rotational players that can help you? can improve the team but again not to the point where people are going to go ahead and say they they're going to be up front well beverly 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 is certainly a player that you want to have the darvin ham wants a point of attack point guard a defensive oriented point guard 
and offensively a guy who can hit his threes and is, who basically is fine playing off the ball, and that's Beverly. He's a 38% three-point shooter. He has no problem passing the ball to LeBron, going into the corner and sitting there and waiting for an open shot. And he's he hustles on defense. I mean, he's the guy you hate when he's on another team, but if he's on our team, I'd love to put him loose on opposing guards. And I think he fits the Darvin Ham. He fits the way that the Bucks played that same offense and defense that we're going to play. And so it, it makes sense to try to match the players there. You know, we have some good matches. You got LeBron and, and Giannis who have a lot of similarities, you know, and you got AD and Middleton who have similarities, but it all falls apart when you start to compare Russell Westbrook with Drew Holiday, you know, who are total opposite players. One's an offensive player and the other's a defensive player. I look at today's news as good news because we get clarity. Yeah, we only have, we eliminated one trade partner, but maybe we only postponed that trade partner. You know, maybe we only postponed them until the trade deadline. Um, that's why I love the idea of Miles Turner because Miles Turner has some insurance built. If he doesn't work out, we can trade him to the Nets, maybe for Kyrie Irving. Unless he gets injured again. Well, unless or Kyrie or COVID takes over the world and Kyrie can't play. Oh, yeah. you know? We can go back down that road once again. I mean, there could be more. What is it next? Monkey pox? I mean, you know, it, you can't. None of the scenarios have been a great fit as far as a perfect fit, per se. Kyrie Irving, you've got the situation going on with him all the time. But with Kyrie Irving, at least you know that if there's any season he has to perform, it would have been this season because he becomes a free agent, wants one last big contract. And in order to do that, he would have had to produce this or he has to produce this season. So that's the reason why the. The allure of Kyrie Irving was probably the best scenario. Yeah. Plus, you and I at the well, probably that the only he, season he'll behave of the next yeah, five. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, I'm, but yeah. again, when it comes to what we were theorizing, we were theorizing with he'll, Seth he'll Curry. Do it well, get a four-year contract from us and ask for a trade after the first year. Uh, you know, right now, again with Kyrie Irving, he could go right back to where Kyrie Irving, where we've known for the past couple of years after he has a season. But I think this season he's going to go ahead and be someone. He it's just a contract year, so he has to go ahead well, and, and also, listen. I also think that I think that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant both, and I I think this is why you saw Kevin Durant be kind of a conciliatory and and kind of almost apologetic about saying, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stick with this and we're going to do this. Um, and all of those guys taking the emotion out of it and making a smart decision because now they look like, they look like one of the favorites. Um, they have a huge, huge mental thing that they have to barrier that they have to cross, but man, they have talent on that team, you know, um, everything has to gel for that team. Everything though. has to gel, but that's the same that it says with the Lakers. And to be honest, when you look at the last five or six champions, you only have championships when guys have career years, you know, and everybody plays really well. And it, it just, it just rolls smoothly and, and you don't have any problems with it. Um, it'll, you know, I, I think that Kyrie and KD, and even James Harden, I think you're going to see less. I think that they've heard the fans say that enough is enough. You know that, man. It's time for it's time for you guys just to focus on basketball and stop bringing all of this drama that just just you know tears everything apart and just you know it's 
I don't know whether it's a reflection of, of the, the way that the country has fallen apart into factions and almost at civil war, but it seems like it's, it's that way with the players versus the league in some senses. Um, you know that there's going to be, it'll be very difficult. Some going to be some difficult negotiations for the next CBA because the owners really do not like what they saw from Kevin Durant. And I can understand it from the player side because, you know, remember what happened with uh, when the, when the Clippers signed, uh, signed a maximum player and traded him, you know, three months later, you know? Um, so it's a business and like Griffin, by the way, to everyone, yeah, Griffin, right. Thank you, Gerald. I appreciate that. I need all the help I can when, <laughs> when you have to pull a name out of Mr. Mr. Kia himself. If everybody knows the insight on that joke, as far as it's concerned, uh, Remember, he was the Kia spokesperson, and then he uh, was caught one day with his regular vehicle, which is definitely <laughs> not a Kia. And I'll just leave it at that. So, didn't he uh, also jump over a Kia? Yes, that's true. That's true indeed. But yes, he certainly didn't drive one home. That I'll just leave it at that as well. <laughs> but once again, here he's back after a long delay. Truly glad to have him back. Is man, you got to go ahead and check out his YouTube channel today. It's John McCallion. John, great to have you here. I was glad to bring you on. I wasn't sure if you were going to be able to make it the past couple of weeks, so I'm glad you're here now, my friend. Truly want to hear what you have to say when it concerns the situation going on in Brooklyn as far as them moving forward, all of them as a unit. I, I don't know. Again, whatever shiny, happy songs you want to go ahead and put in there as far as I, I was thinking Reunited. I was thinking uh, you know, some type of peace and love songs there. And that are, everything is now great. And I'm sure the the picture day at Brooklyn is going to be great, and everybody's going to say great things. We'll see what happens 40 games into the season if it doesn't go off the rails once again. But your thoughts, John, on how this affects the Lakers? Because I think it pretty much takes what Tom and I were saying. It pretty much takes any thoughts of getting Kyrie Irving in the short term future out the window. Yeah, Joe, thanks for having me on. And uh, definitely, you know, with today's report, it seems like everything, you know, it's going to be kumbaya. You know, everyone's going to be holding hands and singing. <laughs> but to be honest with you, call me cynical. I, I'm, I'm not buying these reports. I think Brooklyn is seeing what there's, you know, what the offers there are out there in the market. And um, they don't like it. I think other teams are like, hey, we know Kyrie and KD, they want to leave Brooklyn. And we know I they think have to that Grizzlies' for- last offer, the one that Sham says that, the Grizzlies are interested, but they weren't going to trade Desmond Bain or Triple J. And I'm like, well, why would they want to trade then? Exactly. Yeah, I think that's just uh, that just goes to you know teams teams don't want to trade important or valuable pieces for Kevin Durant because they know that KD wants out, and sooner or later he's going to want to you know push out. And I think he already has, and I think Brooklyn. Um, they sent us this. They sent out this, these reports today to kind of you know gain some leverage back, but I, because I don't think they have a lot of trade um, negotiation leverage in the market right now. In terms of the Lakers, um, I think they're still going to sit tight. I think you know we they might not be able to trade Westbrook until, or at least for Kyrie until the, the trade deadline in February. But um, I, I you know I still think that there's you know everything's still in place. It's a matter of you know having the right offer and give it some time. Well, we'll see what happens, my friend. But, uh, you know, what does the plan B now? So Lakers now have to go to plan B. And as I'm sure you've already heard Tom and I in one of our one of our many discussions we've had over the course of many months now. And uh, sometimes they're heated. Sometimes they're cordial. This one was kind of like in between. What are your thoughts on what plan B is now for the Lakers? 
Did you mean Brooklyn GM Laker Tom? <laughs> yeah. Well, Brooklyn, Indiana. Now he's in Indiana. As I said in the last podcast, he is now. I don't mind. I don't mind marrying multiple hats, John. It's perfectly okay. <laughs> we, after seeing his latest trade at Laker Tom on Twitter, I am now nominating him for Kevin Pritchard's job as a GM for the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I don't really like the Indiana trade, to be honest. Yeah, Buddy Heald and. Um... Miles Turner. Uh, Miles Turner, thank you. I, um, I was thinking Miles. I was trying to remember his last name, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I'm not in love with that trade. I, I think it makes us a little bit better, but um, it all depends on how much Indiana's asking for. If they're asking for a pick, then maybe, but two picks, I wouldn't do it because, um, you know, although you know, Rob, Rob probably won't. He'll most likely not be around 2027, 2029 to see those draft picks. Um, we can use those draft picks for for a better trade. So I'm not in love with that trade, to be honest. What what trade would you make, John? What's the trade you like? It's a tough one because, you know, it's like, do we trade for, you know, for depth? I, honestly, I really like the Patrick Beverly and the, the Boyan Bogdanovich trade. And uh, who's the third piece? I forgot. Uh, well, the third piece was Jordan Clarkson, but I had also proposed out there if they add on THT, you would also get uh, another player thrown in the mix. I forgot. Uh, let me look it up. I'll tell you. But yeah, you Beasley. would get four. Beasley. Uh, Beasley. There we go. Malik yeah, Beasley. Yeah, Malik, yeah. Billy, Malik Beasley, who has scored as much as uh, 20 points a game with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Right. Well, yeah. I did, you know, I did that. I did that sample trade and, and they use, uh, they use uh, B-ball uh LeBron ratings to measure the winner of the trade. Um, and obviously, you know, this is a trade where, where the Jazz have, have just gotten rid of, of uh, their well, the star, ESPN player, trade their machine. star player and, and, and are dumping everybody else who has a salary. But it was a, that, that trade had, I have never seen a trade before that had 16 wins. And it was because you had five shooters there, you know? So, you know, that, as Gerald and I were talking before John got on, you know, the, the teams that we're looking to trade for, they've got the shooters that we need. And uh, it's just, it's just picking which shooters will, will end up being great next year instead of having a Lakers, you know, a Lakers factor that drops them, you know, three percentage points below whatever they shot for their career. Uh, it would just give them a, a quality. I see what John's saying. It would just give them a, a large rotation because right now three through 15 on the Lakers roster is really suspect in so many different ways as far as the holes, the the uncertainty, you know. You've got to get the seven or eight players who are really quality players, not minimum salary players. Yeah, but that's what the Utah trade would do. It would get you yeah. four. Well, and even your what breaking Russell's 47 million into three people will do. But you know. but even your Orlando trade, which you proposed on our last podcast as well, that would get you three additional rotational players. Yeah, I actually like. I would I would actually investigate the Orlando trade if if the Magic were really willing to trade Jonathan Isaac, who's a defensive force. I mean, like you always say, Gerald, Gerald, you got so much ammunition every time I look to anybody the Lakers trade because we can only trade for guys who got. Giant albatrosses of some sort. <laughs> two ACLs, <laughs> man, two ACLs. That's what Donovan I Donovan hasn't first. played for two solid years now. Yet when he when he was playing, he was you know fifteen point seven rebounds, two point three blocks, and one point six steals per game. Almost 
five stocks per game. But I, mean, I told you, I always look at things in the as the uh, try to look at things in the eyes of Whitney and every GM does. So, so, so <laughs> while you look at as far as let's say you pitch John one way, I'm pitching it to John and saying, okay, yeah, those stats are great two years ago, but that's two ACLs injuries ago. No, no, it was one real bad ACL injury. But he had another ACL injury. He aggravated, aggravated the same injury. <laughs> Two ACL injuries, even though it's the same ACL. But still, two separate times. I mean, we're still seeing Clay Thompson coming back from two devastating injuries. We're still seeing Kevin Durant coming back from a devastating yeah, injury. Yeah, I know, but you don't get all of the players that you want to trade for. If, if you want to trade for an impact player, he's going to have warts. You know, you're going to have to live with that, Joe. I understand. Yeah. I understand. It. Yeah, yeah. You want to you want to trade for you know for Luka Doncic? Uh, Can you know, I? List some of these guys who are perfectly healthy. <laughs> don't have a single reason why you wouldn't trade for them. But they won't even trade for Kevin Dur- Kevin Durant for those guys. All I'm saying is, like Tom, and I'm gonna give it to Joe Soro who's joined us. I want to go ahead and say this before you really think about trading away the future of the franchise in 2729 2027 and 29 picks are not the future of the franchise if the lakers finish awful and their lottery picks they might be the future of the franchise you got to look at it from all those different vantage points you're assuming that the lakers are going to go ahead the lakers won't allow that to drop to be those for lottery picks okay well what did we just get okay where were we where tom where were we at before lebron came on the team we were a lottery team. In a dumpster. In the dumpster, yeah, for several years. So, I, I, again, you have to look at it from both sides of the coin. And well, that was the cost. That was the cost of investing in Kobe Bryant. You know, and then and it paid off. The cost of investing in LeBron. in LeBron. So we could see the parallels there as well. But also here today, in between Laker Tom and I bickering once again, this is. Man, if you want, this is not even, this is like G-rated. This is soft compared to what we've done in the past. So I tried to tell every time I would mellow down, so I would try not try to get him upset on camera as much as I did in the past. So I'm trying to be a little bit more gentle. But here today to also talk about what's going on with Plan B for the Lakers. Good man indeed. you got to go ahead and check him out today at LakersBall.com. It is the ever-present Ox1947, a.k.a. Joe Soro. Joe, great to have you back, my friend. Thanks for coming on such short notice like John did and Laker Tom did as well. Sean Grice, hats out to you, my friend. He, I was actually scheduled to start with him, but he said Toronto traffic, which I didn't even know was a thing. I <laughs> guess it's really bad. So we got you guys on. Your thoughts about this whole KD situation. You've been very adamant over the past few weeks about the whole league being held up by this KD situation. And now that it's seemingly, for now, according to Twitter, has alleviated itself because everybody's moving forward with the Nets. Where does it stand now with the Lakers and a possible plan B for them going forward? If I had to choose what route's going to, what route it will be is the Lakers are going to start with Westbrook at the beginning of the year. Laker Thomas. I'm just going to back away a little bit from the chair. I was thinking, I was thinking there might be some movement or at least some. You didn't hear the beginning of the show, did you? No, I didn't. I, I heard the last five, 10 minutes uh, getting, getting, getting back to the office. I, 
I don't I don't have any any confidence not in the, in the sense of a, a negative confidence it's just I don't have any confidence in the Lakers ability to upgrade this team with the current assets that they have their only their only way of improving this this team is to let Russell Westbrook's contract run out at the end of the year and start next year and hoping they can have a championship caliber team this year I've all but washed it uh, there would need to be a uh, a lottery, a Powerball lottery at 800 million type of situation for them to be a contender this year, and it makes sense because the extension in the LeBron contract kind of points to that. I, I'm pretty sure LeBron was sitting there going, "I can want to win more at this moment, no matter you know, but it's it's just not likely to happen. I'm not going to really be able to go anywhere to have a chance at winning without." completely derailing whatever team I go to if I wanted to get traded because obviously he's not going to leave as a free agent. And I keep saying this guys, he's not going to make all the money he wants or as much money as he can unless he's traded and no one is trading. As you guys saw with the Durant situation, Durant is what five years younger. He's more into his prime than LeBron. And a four-year contract. Yeah. And it's a four-year contract. So you're not going to, as a, if, 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 if LeBron indeed is a businessman, and he is, he's not going to maximize his earning ability going anywhere because no team will trade their entire team for him. If this was LeBron in 2015 even, probably, but not in 2022. So he's going to have to, you know, sit and stew with the current situation as he's in. And I'm hoping that he took some accountability for it because a lot of this is his fault in terms of his support in getting the Russell Westbrook guy over the, here. Like the only that. scenario I would ever see LeBron being traded is if, let's say, uh, the Lakers are going through a bad or tough season and he gets the desire to go ahead and be part of a winning stretch run for a team. If, let's say, they got a key injury and they were desperate to go ahead and fill a slot for, of a star player, maybe that, that kind of perfect whirlwind would be something that he would adhere to. But, yeah, you're right. Probably he's, he's here for the long term because there's so many beneficial factors as far as staying here in, you know, staying in the Los Angeles Lakers area. Yeah. He will play as long as he can. If he picks up his player option, that will probably allow him to then leave after that 2024 season. Mm -hmm. Would that be, is that correct? Yeah. Cause right now he's on, he's on tap for two seasons and with okay. a player option on the end. Okay. If he, decides, if he decides to go, the player, the player option. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the player option is actually 24, 25, right? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So let's 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 put this scenario together. LeBron is going to play with the Lakers, and from my common sense meter, till 2025. Then he'll have a good assessment of where his kid's gonna be, and then at that point. He'll go play for the minimum somewhere should he not get drafted by the Lakers. So we have really two years with LeBron to try and win titles. And it'll be it'll start next year, next summer when the, the Lakers can reload. This year is a no, dead season. This year. He has one year left on his existing contract, and then he has a two-year deal 
the second year of which is an option year. So, but you know what Joe's saying? What Joe's saying? And 23, 24 are the two years that we have him. At the end of 24, he has an option at that point in time to become a free agent. I think what, what, Joe's what saying, I'm saying. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I think, yeah. I think this Joe year was, and next year. I think what Joe is saying years. is that realistically, LeBron sees things on the table like we most of us do and says that no matter what changes the Lakers have made. In fact, you even said yourself, fifth or sixth is probably the best as far as even with the Indiana trade, that the best that they could do, which is not viable enough to make them a serious contender in the Western Conference. And that's something I think that maybe LeBron sees. So maybe if they should gear up for next summer, clear that cap space or decide to clear up that cap space, make a tr- keep those first round picks to make a trade for an even more available player. That's just I'm just throwing these options out there. No, but Maybe LeBron was sweet. just quoted. LeBron was just quoted two days ago as saying, "All I want to do is get in the playoffs. Anthony and I can take over from there." Joe, I mean, is that what you're trying to allude to? That he thinks this year may, you, that the Lakers it's, may not be able. To- that's that's irrelevant at this point. My 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 explanation is about we know that LeBron is going to be an LA Laker. Unless something like really bad happens, which I don't see it going that route, meaning something really bad like Rob or Jeannie says LeBron is, we don't want him here or something like that. But even then, he is not going to say no to that last $50 million, guys. I'd have to see it for it to happen. I don't believe it would happen. So what's going to happen, how this is going to play out, and I'm sure this is how it's going to play out, he... He extended it a year, meaning he's going to be here through 2024. He will accept that last year to play 24-25 in hopes of seeing where his son goes and have a shot at hopefully a title. And then we're going to know after the 25 season whether he leaves or they happen to draft or pick up his son and then he'll stay. He's going to go play with his son and he'll play for they'll play at the minimum from what he said anywhere where his son plays and that's going to be the big attraction there so we have we have 3 years left and that's if lebron doesn't get injured to the point where he can't play we have 3 years of lebron and we need to hope that we can win two we're going to get we're going to get 3 we're guaranteed two, two. two guaranteed we're guaranteed, we're two, guaranteed two, two, two but he's going to play the third one he's not getting 50 million from anywhere if he opts out. He's just not getting it, guys. I guess he could, but I He'd doubt it. He'll get another extension from the Lakers, is what he'll get. Another two year one on one extension. Okay, so he might play longer. That's fine. Yeah. But the the bottom line is I, I see him playing three more years because he wants to collect that last number. And unless, again, he is playing like he's playing now at the end of 25. Four or five years at that rate. I think I think we're going to start getting a little unrealistic here. I think at some point he's going to slow down, guys. Then he'll just, truly be where what he's Raphael still a top five player, for. though. I mean, look at that. If Everybody top, that I've heard rating top five players still has LeBron among their top five players. You're you're asking someone in their third twenty third year to play to be a top five player. Where we'll we'll have had to have seen. I have to see that to believe it. I'm not. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't the only see reason it at this we're believe, The only reason we believe it now is because we've been seeing it. Well, let, let me get uh, John in here real quick. Your thoughts on this? Obviously, still a discussion, and, and you know, it's going to be up for speculation for now for at least another two seasons. 
on the long-term status moving forward, since that seems to be the key words for today when it comes to LeBron now. Your thoughts on this? I wanted to go ahead and make sure the thoughts are known on on LeBron and as far as his longevity with the Lakers and where that may lead. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Joe and uh, because I don't, we don't know how many prime years he has left or quote-unquote prime years because, you know, he's probably past his prime right now. You know, back to Laker Tom's, Laker Tom's point about LeBron saying that, you know, it, it's, it's it, it, he'll be happy if they make the playoffs because, you know, AD, him and AD can take over from there. But I think LeBron's just setting the bar low because he sees the roster right now. And he's like, what am I going to do? This is not a championship roster. So I think he's just setting the bar low. So if they do make the playoffs, then he meets expectations. But um, I don't know. I just, I just don't see this, this, you know, the way it is right now. And I don't know how much they can improve it if they don't get Kyrie and along with some some role players because they don't need just Kyrie. They need, you know, they need a lot of role players. And uh, THT, he's not really ready for prime time yet. None. We don't know what he's going to be like with his knee. So there's a lot of questions. So I think, um, you know, LeBron's setting the bar low right now. So let me ask you this. Let me ask all these guys this, because I think we've, you know, over the course of this episode, gone one from one extreme to the other as far as the future of the Lakers franchise for at least this season going forward, as far as making changes, as far as at least in the short term. Your thoughts? Okay, let's say we, you're, you're back in the boardroom like we talked about earlier, and you know you've got Laker Tom on one side, you got Joe uh, right there on the other side looking at you as far as proposing what he's proposing, and then what I'm proposing, uh, you know, maybe going the way of caution because of the fact that you know that's all you have is those two first round picks. Do I do I get to protect myself with a shield because I'm in between them? Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> maybe from all the spit that would be flying from all of us here in the board. But I want to know. But your then thoughts. behind the curtain, you've got Linda, Linda, and Kurt Rampus leaning over you. They're also helping out the with Lake of Jerry Buss. But I want to ask you this in regards to the future of the franchise. I mean, you see all the options. None of the options is like super sweet. And as Laker Tom even admitted himself, you're not any of the trades that you would be getting is for a player with some type of baggage at this point in time, even Kyrie Irving, if that magically would appear, reappear. Your thoughts on, on what you would do going forward, because right now there's some heavy decision making that's going on in El Segundo in regards to what's going on with the Lakers. This is a tough one. You know, it, it is a tough person. one. It's not an easy answer. No, I, I know. Yeah, the, the basketball person in me says, uh, you know, trade LeBron optically wouldn't look good, but I feel like that that's going to give you what you need for right now because, the, the you know, LeBron delivered a, a championship, but at the same time, once LeBron leaves or even the next year or two, it's like, what do you have? You don't have much in terms of, you know, trade assets or young talent. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Lakers are going to be attractive enough for to land, to land a, um, a major star, you know, because if long, Le- if LeBron didn't come here a few years ago, then we know we might've still been in the same position as we were, you know, when, once Kobe retired. So I just, I just don't, I just don't have, you know, the most confidence in this, in his front office to land uh, or, you know, make the, make the necess- necessary moves to make the team good right now, or even in a couple of years, once LeBron leaves. I, I, that's uh, right out there. I mean, that's something that's that's very credible. I appreciate that, Joe. Before you hit back, Laker Tom, on this, I mean, uh, there's some tough decisions that you have to make, and with very few assets, you got to see if you want to make a a decision to be a little bit more competitive now, or maybe hang on to it. To maybe that you could be more competitive in the future. And you were someone on that was on the side of getting rid of Russell Westbrook by any means possible, like Laker Tom was. So you've 
you've changed a little bit in your assessment of what No, I haven't. Happened. I haven't actually. I <laughs> I know I know what they're going to do. But they're they're not going to do what I'm I'm hoping they do. This is starting to point out. I was just trying to be maybe optimistic or whatever, but I, why, I had a feeling. Why don't you think they'll do what you're hoping they'll do? They're not going to send Westbrook home. They're not going to John Wall him. They're going to let him play. I think that's and what they should do. Yes, I, I, I think it's critical right now because I, I know that you want to wish something so badly that that it, it, if you if you put it out in the universe it'll work and and a lot of and that's a good way to live your life unfortunately you can't ask a 30 a mid 30 almost a mid 30 player to do things that he's not capable of doing and on top of that his attitude makes it worse i i i've watched enough intangibles from his game to know that he isn't physically or mentally capable of doing what needs to get done for this team to win. And you can tell me all the rhetoric, you can yell the rhetoric you want about injuries and coaching and all that. Uh, I would like to think that if you're going to, if you're going to, if you see a first ballot hall of famer who averaged triple doubles for three straight seasons, you would think that that person would be able to figure out how to work with the right coach at, at this stage of his career, but his attitude and his ability to, give this team what it needs to win. It's just not there. And it's the pressure of LA right now. He's, he's kind of been, it's been laxed and you got a new coach and the new coach is saying all this positive stuff and you, you want to believe, but I'm not a, I don't believe just to believe. I believe when I see something that's believable right now, you will likely see what you saw Last year, and the only problem is it's not going to be as easy this year to start. Last year, it was set up on a silver platter. You had the easiest schedule in the NBA. You were playing teams you had no business losing 20-point leads to, and then as soon as that stuff ran out, that's when the real basketball showed up. And I'm not, I'm just not, I, I don't, I'm not in the mood of watching four, four losses to those clowns next door again. That that's That's something that I'm really going to be irritated to watch. I can't, I can't watch that again this year. The, 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 and they're going to be playing those guys at the beginning of the year. So if this guy, if you're in this dream world that this guy is going to all of a sudden change his game because there's a new coach, this guy has never respected any coaches. Who? Who has he ever respected? Who does he respect now? Who? LeBron? Does he really respect LeBron? Does he respect Anthony Davis? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think so. If he did, I think he'd play better close out defense when it mattered. And then those are the things that I looked at last year that really mattered. Missing shots, guys. I, I, I said this at the beginning of the year. If you guys thought getting West, Russell Westbrook because he was a jump shoot guy, then you're, 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 you're fooling yourself. That's not why. And if he was continuing, if he was going to stink there still, that's fine. But I was looking for the other things, the get to the basket because you're a mighty mouse because you're available because he's got energy and he can hopefully play closeout defense on a simple give and go or a simple pick and roll. He did nothing in any of those areas that mattered, and that's why we won only 33 games. If they do start with Westbrook, if they keep him on this team for the year, look for 
a marginal improvement, if if not worse. It's gonna happen. Get ready. I don't care what they say, and I'm dead. I'm hoping I'm wrong beyond. Just like I was last year about Westbrook, I hope I'm wrong. But I just don't uh, see. As am I. I'm hoping I'm wrong as well. I'm hoping that the Lakers can turn it around a lot more. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can have all have Laker Tom's positivity. I mean, I wish we, <laughs> he could just infuse. I wish he could just go ahead and just spread some of that all over the YouTube audience and all over us here at the Lakers Fast Break. Because he is the most positive person out of all of us when it comes to Los Angeles Lakers. But you've heard what we said. And uh, to me, again, I just it would be very hard to go ahead and say, all right, let's go ahead and trade Russell Westbrook's $47 million off the book to, just to get marginally better. And, and to me, that's just a tough call that I'm not willing to make right now unless I see something a little bit more enticing. But you've heard Joe, you've heard me, and you've heard John, Laker Tom. Uh, you know, before we go ahead and hit it on Legacy, Episode 3, your thoughts, man. I just want to hear and make sure everybody knows out there what you're, what you're, what you're feeling right now. I think the Lakers have a great opportunity to dramatically improve their roster where they're one of the top six teams in the West um, by bringing, by either going with the Miles Turner uh, Buddy Heel package or by maybe combining that package along with some of the players that they can get from the Jazz. There's a lot of shooters out there. I think the Lakers are in a great situation. I think that they are within a chance they have a real good chance to pull off a miraculous makeover of their squad and to pull in and, and trade pht and russ for four rotation players all of whom can shoot the ball i think they're going to do that i think they'll end up with that i have to admit that i would be more confident if i didn't feel like genie was holding rob blinka back in some way in some ways and i would probably feel more confident if I think the Lakers will try very hard to try to save one of those picks to be able to use it during the season at the midseason trade deadline. I think that's going to be an important factor. The question in my mind is, and where I don't trust the Lakers front office is to make that decision as to whether or not the Pacers trade was worth not having that pick in midseason and I'm afraid that they might take a lesser trade and then not be able to execute anything of significance. Um, I think Miles Turner is the most important piece that the Lakers can add because I think he unleashes LeBron and AD to play lower down in the, in the positions and to not have to have a size advantage over everybody else that they play against. So I think that the, I think the Lakers will make a trade and it'll pull them up to, to right below the teams that are 50, 50 win teams. They'll be 48 win teams. Okay. But again, does that make them a viable team? You're, you're talking about just getting like a viable long shot for a championship. As long as LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis are, are healthy and in good shape as they head into the playoffs. Um, I think LeBron is absolutely right about that. You cannot, you cannot discount what this man has done in the playoffs. He's a different animal. And I don't think he's finished. I don't think anyone here is saying is saying that he's finished. I know that we see a lot online about saying LeBron is washed, but as as John alluded to, I mean, you know, he, thirty points a game. He's not finished, but this is yeah. not this can't happen. You can't expect a guy who's going to go into his twentieth season 
to carry a 82 game season again. It's not. It's just not. No, AD has to carry that 82 game season, and and that's the that's the part that ultimately very is questionable. Going to, that has to happen. He has to have an MVP, at least a top three MVP season and a defensive player of the year season yeah. for, for but, any but of this to true, come That's true of every team in the league. You know, your superstar has to not, have. Not if it's not, not, not in this situation it, it, because it's only two stars on this team. So if you have enough young guys that you can bring in, let's say, let's say they do a trade where they get two or three shooters, right? Okay. If you've got a couple of guys that can shoot, with the team that they have right now, that that's already going to be there, right? Would you say any of them are shooters? Of the team that we have now, right now, that's on that's going to be on the roster. None, none. So that means you're going to have to bring two. No, I said none. N U N N. Oh, none. <laughs> <laughs> also, I think okay. LeBron James will shoot thirty six percent. Has has none even touched a basketball yet? I haven't heard anything. <laughs> I don't know, but I sure hope I never that's get a bone good, bruise. That's pretty good, by the way. Yeah, I just yeah. don't want none. to get a bone bruise, man. That's no, I mean none. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I. I uh, I, it, He's explain? close to being on five on fives. Uh, the close. the assumption is, the assumption is that he'll be ready for training camp. It's, it's right assumption <laughs> what happens when you assume? i never knew a bone bruise could last a year maybe that maybe they like it last two years <laughs> okay we don't have any sorry tom sorry tom we don't have any and you just we don't have any shooters right now at this moment that are starting the 23 the 22 23 season we don't have any so that means this trade has to produce two to three More shooters, shooters. Shooters, shooters, right? Two guys for four shooters. That's okay. what we're trading. Okay. So if we get four shooters, I four shooters, then we and, got five. And they can or play six, good, good team defense. If Darvin Ham can inspire these guys to play good defense for the whole year. And no one gets hurt from the big two, then then there might be something we can juggle there. Yeah, I mean it's a miracle. It's a miracle. It would be a miracle championship. We won the bubble championship. Why can't we win the miracle championship? I, I still say, guys, we played lights out through all that. We we won in twenty in twenty nineteen twenty. They were winning games they were supposed to win. They were losing some of the games against the top they two teams. The Clippers and Bucks, Bucks in a back to back weekend. Right, right. Before back. then, they were they were coming up. They played beautiful basketball, even though they were losing some of those higher echelon teams at the beginning of the year, but they were still close. But then they got over it and they started beating them. Then there was a break. Then they had a little bit of like a lull in that 10-game window before the bubble uh, playoffs. But they went in there and they whooped butt. They whooped butt that whole year. They never, to me, looked like a team that didn't know what they were doing. Even when they were losing, they knew what they were doing, it seemed. So... I, I don't think any of this stuff is a miracle. I don't think that year was a miracle. I don't think any of it. It's it's a way. It's 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 what the team will be. You, we're gonna know what they're made of within the first five to ten games, and and that's gonna be the telltale sign at the end. Question from Blue Magic: How viable is trading Westbrook in February if he does not get moved this summer? Before I answer it, because I've I've had actually I've I'm sure Blue Magic has heard from me before, but John, can I? <laughs> Can I get you to answer this question on that as far as how viable is trading Westbrook in February if he doesn't get moved here before uh, you know the start of the season? 
I think it's going to have to increase the trade value because right now it's really low. Basically, I think if he doesn't play team ball or if he doesn't improve his shooting, if he looks anything like last year, then it's going to be tough to move him. At least from, it's from the point of leverage. Million. That's a contract. That's a contract trade. First, of all, he's yeah, not getting yeah. better. That's a contract. It's only trade. half of the salary anyway. Ooh, half yeah. a year. That would be a good discussion for either right now or for the next show. What I'm just. Player? I'm just telling you right now, Joe. Forty-seven million dollars. His his contract looks much better the closer to February. That is the the prospects of how teams are, are where they're at as far as. That, you know, by then you'll know which ones will want to get the money off the books. Yeah, who, they'll know who's who. given up for the year already. Who's, who is likely going to be given up on that has a contract? I'm, gonna, I'm was- using the Indiana as the example. Let's go back to Indiana. Indiana last year thought they were a playoff team. And you saw over the course of their season, they saw, they saw their season go off the rails. So what did they go ahead and do? They traded away Sabonis. They started looking for, towards the future. They got Halliburton. They started looking into different options because they realized their season was going off the rails. There's going to be at least one or two teams this year. It happens every year where they have these prospects for the playoffs. And about January, by January, they know that their season is going to go off the rails. So it makes the $47 million much more enticing. I'm just saying the deals turn into would sellers. get better theoretically. Right. Now, I don't think that the Lakers will wait. I think that the Lakers are going to do a trade. You know, I don't want to say do a trade just to do a trade, but they are going to do a trade sooner rather than later. But if they theoretically waited till to February, I think like John is saying, and what I've said before is that I think the deals would get better because these teams would have a better idea where they stand come February than they do now. Because every almost every team, all 90% of the teams in the NBA think they're going to go ahead and make the playoffs right now. We all know the reality as far as it's concerned, where they stand and where they don't stand by when it comes to but when the trade deadline comes around. I don't see how Indiana has any difference between now and January. They, their, their team is not going anywhere. They might as well. No, they didn't. But this time last season, going into the season, they thought they were a viable playoff team. It wasn't until their season went off the rails that they decided to go ahead and trade Sabonis and think think where that they needed to go ahead and rebuild. Yeah, but it's a double-edged sword because – a lot of times, a lot of times teams decide off season whether they're going to be buyers or sellers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so the sellers go into the season thinking, you know, they, or they go into the season thinking they're going to be buyers because they're competing. Then they don't do well, and at the midway through the season, they all of a sudden say, you know what, this is not working out. Let's get rid of some of the salary. Let's cut out any taxes that we're paying. Uh, is there anybody we can trade to get rid of some of these guys who have got two and three year contracts? Um, so it'll be it'll be easier to get rid of Westbrook contract then because it's only worth half because it's half of the year that's left. They've already you know out of forty seven million he's already spent twenty three by the time we get to the trade deadline. I come back to, again to the simple fact that the Lakers have two guaranteed years with LeBron James. LeBron did not sign that extension expecting that they were not going to use those two picks. They will just, trade got a, just got a couple of comments and very good questions. First from Shantae, what trade is out there for just one first? That's a good question. We've really never really I think it's the Utah Jazz that. trade. I think the Jazz would take one pick. For who? I don't think so. For Beasley, for Beasley, Danny, Beasley, Danny. For Beasley uh, uh, Bogdanovich, and Beverly. There's zero chance Danny doesn't take both and unprotected. Zero. Yeah, actually, actually, the one thing that 
Michael H came back and uh, with a comment on Lakerholics.com to me about that. And I actually kind of agreed with him with Gerald and I went over this earlier that trying to trade with Danny Ainge probably is one of the most frustrating things in the world because he has a long history of turning down trades that most people would have made. And you really send Robert Ori, you should you should send Robert Ori to negotiate with him. <laughs> Uh, but you know, it, well, but sly, basically, that's, that's a story that there is a one there is a one pick trade to be made with Utah. Good. Uh, speaking of Utah, uh, Paul Lipman, uh, thank you for you know for someone who is, is another team's fan. Anytime they go ahead and say nice things about us and they watch the show, it is truly appreciated. It is actually very good. Jazz fan here, love your podcast, and thank you again for going ahead and taking the time to listen and watch. There's no chance of the Jazz taking Westbrook into Donovan Mitchell trade. It would just be for the, the actual contract. No, we just want the it's not for the actual player. But Danny Ainge wants the same haul of more than what he got for Gobert. And you're right. Probably he does. He's probably looking to get the four or five or six first-round draft picks that he's looking for for Donovan Mitchell or to try and get rid of the other four players that, that as far as the rotational pieces. Westbrook is not an asset. The player is not an asset because of the, where his his game is. I may is finally gone like Danny Ainge if he refuses to trade with the Lakers. It's the forty-seven point one million dollars. <laughs> I think that's what everybody is looking at when they talk about him. But yes, great points by Paul. Great points by Jante. Blue Magic. You guys have been incredible in there. Obviously, to start off, Greg Harris had some great thoughts. Snowman in the morning. Thank you so much. Check out his show as well. Appreciate his comments. Nick Wong. Of course, uh, very good, good relationship there with Mr. Laker Tom there, but appreciate his comments as well. But before we head on out, this has been a great conversation. Uh, any last thoughts on this? Because again, we were hour and 20 minutes in. It seems like we can go on for another hour and 20 minutes just on this subject as far as where the Lakers go from here on a plan B. John, I'll bring it up to you. I mean, you've been very good with us and tr- truly appreciate it. You've been patient while Laker Tom and Joe go back and forth and <laughs> Laker Tom while, and I go back and forth. But, you know, some decisions are – do you th- really think that before the Lakers get in their training camp, there's going to be some major changes made, or do you think that we're going in – see, there you go. Got these right above your head, John. <laughs> one says yes, one says no. I'm leaning no, but what are your thoughts? Yes or no, some major changes before the start. Of training camp, I hope so, but I don't see it. Not right now, at least. Not with the way things are. Okay, and we all know what Laker Tom's saying. He's saying yes. There are going to be some major tra- changes being made. If I'm Rob, I tell everyone that's not giving them a deal, say, "Look, if you don't do a deal right now, this is going to be lottery protected in two weeks." That's it. I'll give you the first, the two first, but they'll they'll be lottery pr- protected. And then at that I would point, give him the two weeks. You do it 48 hours. You don't decide in 48 even better, hours. Even, even better. Because I'm sick and tired of this trying to take advantage of what we have. And you can go sit and spin at this point. I'm, I'm, I'm not, <laughs> there's, a, there's some pride that they'll needs be, to come up. They'll be traded within two weeks. There needs to be some Laker pride that needs to kick in here. And now it's time to, you know, understand your situation and know that you're not going to be be slapped by a bunch of freaking no championship, no banner freaking teams. And then of course, worrying about what Danny Ainge is doing when he hasn't won anything without his buddy, Kevin McHale handing him KG. So no, no, at some point, and maybe that's what Jeannie's doing. Nope. 
not doing it. We're going to go into the next season with what we got, and then you get, we can start over next year. Tom is saying different. Go ahead, Tom. Go ahead. You don't sign an extension with LeBron James and then blow off one of the years. Lakers will make a trade in the next two weeks. Blue Magic is saying get ready for Carmelo to come back. That may be the major <laughs> addition that we're going to get uh, before the start of the season. We'll wait and see. But if you have thoughts, please go ahead and continue your thoughts at any point in time on Lakers Fast Break on social media. Lakers Fast Break on Facebook. Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. Please go ahead and share your comments. We do look at them. We do appreciate them. I'm on Twitter at Lakers Fast Break. Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. And, of course, Laker Tom at Laker Tom on Twitter. I feel very bad for him because all that work he's put into the past couple of weeks, making those trade proposals that everybody's got <laughs> been so divisive on, uh, that's all gone out of the window now after the decision. Most that was of them made. are still alive. It's I only had a few Kyrie ones because I really didn't want to trade for Kyrie. Okay, well he's going to have to think up some new ones. So you can go ahead and check it out in the. Listen, I've written days. forty-four articles on Miles Miles Turner, so okay. believe me, I'm so invested in that that I can't believe it. That's why he's the number one Lakers blogger out there. So go ahead and check out all of his 44 Miles <laughs> Turner related articles. You'd, today have, to, you'd Lake have to go to Medium and dig into the history for the last seven years. Oh, Laker. Yeah. Well, just type it. I go to Lakerholics.com. Lakerholics.com and just type in Miles Turner. There you go. And of course, Joe Soro, of course, at Lakersball.com. Check out Ox1947 today at Lakersball.com. And of course, John McCallion, he has a great YouTube channel. Please like us, subscribe today, John McAlian on YouTube, and of course us on YouTube as well. Truly appreciate it. Paul Lippman coming back with the, the Lakers are operating from a position of arrogance. Uh, I, that's insane. Yeah, and, and sometimes it is. And sometimes, you know what, I'm not going to say differently, Paul. Sometimes they do come across as if I'm a position of arrogance because They've won 17 world championships, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, and I know we as Lakers fans sometimes come off to others that are not Lakers fans in a certain fashion. And I get that. And it does come off arrogance. And, and sometimes that's a natural thing for us humans when we are supporting a team that's been so successful. I get that. I know Paul said it's not the other team's fault that the Lakers have mismanaged assets the last few years. You're right. And we have mismanaged. We've left championships on the floor. Yeah, since the bubble, we have made some very wrong moves. I think John, I think Joe, and I think Tom and myself would definitely say that. Danny Ainge got a first for Royce O'Neal. I know, and that set Twitter abuzz with the comments that were made about how it was a very strange trade, a very strange trade. But you know what? Hey, if Danny Ainge could get a first for Royce O'Neal, just imagine what he's asking for for the Lakers as far as that. He's going yeah. to be after after he after he fleeces the Knicks. He's going to be impossible to deal with. Yeah. Think about it. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see indeed. But guys, it's been a great conversation. I truly appreciate it. But before we head on out, legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers dropped its third episode on Hulu. I know Laker Tom and Joe just like uh, all over the place. John, did you have you had a chance to see any episodes as of yet on Hulu? I saw the first and second one. I haven't seen the third one yet. It dropped on Monday night. It did cover the last two of the five 80s championships. Also covered the situation financially going on behind the scenes for Dr. Jerry Buss and how at one time it looked not that great. And in fact, it looked close like there's a possibility he could sell the team. So it covers that. Also as well, it covers the 
trade that Dr. Buss engineered that kind of ticked off the entire organization and the James Worthy almost trade to the Mavericks for Mark Aguirre and Roy Tarpley, uh, what would have been per se. And of course, thankfully, you know, it was kind of nixed and the Lakers did win another championship behind James Worthy. So that worked out very well. But guys, when you think about that era of time, as far as the, the back-to-back, you know, and, and that's what the, actually the episode really culminated in is the, Back-to-back 87 and 88 championships for the first repeat championship uh, champions, and I think in 19 years at that time, really did something. Because it was, it, it seemed like there was this ghost and there was this cloud hovering every team that won a championship that time that they couldn't get it done again. And to finally get that off the back, I think that when the Lakers team went ahead and, and repeated, I really think it was a very special time for me. I, I truly, uh, you know, just really enjoyed it. In fact, I'm looking at my 87, 88 repeat T-shirt right there. As far as with all the signatures, it's still this to this day. I, I've hung it up, and I truly value it and appreciate it. But I'll start with you first. Uh, I'll start with you first, John. Do you, you have any memories from that period of time? As far as that, you know, that's concerned. That 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 those five championships in the eighties and primarily the ones that they focused on the, the repeat championships in the, in the late eighties. I was actually born in 89. So it was before my time, but my dad always tells me about those times. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was one hell of a run with showtime, but uh, yeah, I don't have any memories from that. Oh man. I wish you did. There were some great memories indeed, Joe. I know I see your hand raising up. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, to me, it was very special. Just just to see, especially those those that repeat that repeat. The eighties, the eighties Lakers. Even though I didn't, I wasn't old enough to really absorb everything the way I probably or the way I did when it was the nineties. Was a decade of lost opportunity, even though they won so much. I look at, I look at it as I I hate losing just as much as as much as I I love winning. You've heard that phrase before, right? Yes. So all I think about is is the losses. So in 83, 84 was the only season where they lost without a major injury. They had major injuries in 83, 89, specifically 83, and then 81, Magic was injured, and it kind of was all over the place there. But I don't really look at that year as, as, a, as a lost opportunity. It was just kind of just a, a bum year. But 83, 89 are, are, are especially 89 is a, is a tragedy because we could have sent out – we could have ended that decade with six championships, a three-peat, and, and Kareem would have gone out a, tie, a winner. Yeah, and on, um, and on the episode, Isaiah really uh, digs it in, and that's the that's the, probably the ending of that episode is where they, you know, the it goes on a little bit of a down note in regards to that because of of what Isaiah and the team did with a very unhealthy team for the Lakers with with both Magic and Byron Scott uh, among those that were injured with hamstrings. Yeah, yeah, and they blame Pat and Riley. Man. They bet they blame Pat Riley for that, which is hilarious because. And they discuss it in the end episode. Yeah, it's 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 hilarious because you would think, okay, why did it work before, and now all of a sudden it didn't work, and now you're what is what we were you expecting? Pat Riley to turn to Phil Jackson, uh, all out of nowhere. Uh, it didn't make sense. The '84 loss 
if you had to gather it all together, was the worst one because that should not have happened. It, it happened because of one bad pass. If James Worthy does not make that pass in the backcourt, the Lakers go up 2-0 in Boston, and they win that series, and Bird never beats the Lakers. The Celtics go 0-3 against the Lakers in the 80s. The Lakers are ahead of them in, in titles, and the Lakers are sitting at six titles in that decade and likely winning back-to-backs twice. So it's, would you have liked to have seen him traded for Mark Aguirre and Roy no, Tarpley? No, 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 no. Okay. No, no, kind of, no. he kind of worked himself out. Carpley was a hell of a no, player. No, no, man. no, no. Uh, for a very short period of time the, before. I, I, I think you got. I think life. the night. I think the nineteen eighty seven and eighty eight, especially the nineteen eighty eight title, can be. You can definitely look back and say if James Worthy is not on that eighty eight team, they don't win it. James Worthy was the guy in the playoffs that. And, and it's not just his talent. James Worthy's ability to understand team basketball. And, and it's something that I, I always say that, that, that in terms of, I know there's a little bit of an athleticism difference with, with Jordan and Kobe, but I truly believe what James Worthy and Michael Jordan learned from Dean Smith was what gave them a little bit more of an edge versus most of the people that they played against. It's just, they have this team concept in their head that, even though they can have this un- unworldly talent, they can somehow merge it into a team sport and still be effective. And James Worthy, if it wasn't for James Worthy in 88, we do not win that title. And James Worthy was, I, I don't want to, it, it sounds marginal, but he was the buffer in the playoffs. That's why he was big game James, because it did get a little bit more physical, for Kareem, as he got older, Magic not being this acrobatic can do what you know. He's the orchestrator of the offense, but you could sometimes maybe shift him a certain way so that he might be not as effective depending on the team he played. And we saw a lot of that in the '86 uh, loss against Houston. But then James Worthy gave us that man. This guy's way too fast. He's way too quick. He's way too team oriented. And, you know, it, it, it's just hard to get now. It's hard to pay attention to the third, the third guy who, who, who's your Hall of Famer. So the 80s team catapulted the NBA with it, with assistance from a Celtic team that had a lot of talent and had a couple of years that were, that were really, really good. Uh, the 86 team was arguably the, probably the best Celtic team ever. I'm not going to uh, disagree with it. But the Lakers should have dominated that, that decade even more. And I, I look at more of the lost, the lost opportunity. I, I, I think that they should have won seven titles in that decade, in 84 and 89. And everything else kind of played out the way it needed to. I think I, that's, that's kind of how I look at it. Tom, any thoughts on that era? Because, again, for me, it was a good episode. The thing is, the archival footage is the true star. Just checking back all that footage from the past, as John has already alluded to from the two episodes that he saw, I was hoping they would get more KCAL, uh, or excuse me, at that time, KHJ footage from Channel 9, you know, to give everybody a peek of what the regular, you know, season would look like. But they've only shown the glimpses of that. But for the most part, it's been the CBS footage and other footage, mm-hmm. but it's still great. Just the archival footage, I think, is re- really key for me. And also the interviews behind the scenes with 
Dr. Buss and what was going on at the time because he was really much more expressive than what I thought he was. And you can actually see, because he just laid everything out there on the line constantly in the press, and it was a great thing to see, which is something you don't see all the time now. But your thoughts on that period of time? As well, we, I'm actually looking forward to forward to seeing it, and uh, just out of principle, I I won't watch it episodically. I, I, you know, I have to binge. I something. know we had our discussion last um, time on this. I one just will not be tied down to a weekly schedule of doing that. But you know what's really fascinating for me about it is that, especially for somebody like John who wasn't alive and and watching basketball like back then, or following. Because there wasn't any internet, <laughs> there wasn't any Twitter, there wasn't any, you know, you used to go used to go into the drugstore at the start of the season and buy every sports magazine, and then were the semi-annual issues of the sports magazines for the NBA and the NFL and even Major League Baseball. So, all of the various interviews that we're seeing now were just scraps that we had back then, and a lot of the stuff especially when you didn't live in Los Angeles and weren't watching the local broadcasts or weren't seeing every game or listening to Chick call every game, you know, you, you missed a lot of those things. So a lot of the stuff I'm really looking forward to it just simply because it didn't exist at the time, the time when I was actually watching the games as a Laker fan, I agree hundred percent with Joe. We left, we left championships on the floor. I give, I give credit to Larry Bird and the greatness of the Celtics. That was that was an era that saved the NBA. Magic Johnson and and Magic Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. That that battle between those two guys was really what turned the NBA completely around and took a league that was really faltering and put it on a launched it on a road to success that we're gonna get an incredible TV deal in the next time. And there's going to be some player who's going to sign a billion dollar contract at some point in time, for the NBA, it's going to happen. Let me ask you this before we head out, John, I wanted to go ahead and touch on this. Something I actually asked the guys and talked about on last, last time when we talked about legacy. And for me, again, I love the archival footage. I, I was very much a part of my life was spent in my early years, ages 11 through going into graduating from high school was the period of time when the Lakers were winning those championships in the eighties. And I loved my time watching KHJ and I have so many fond memories of that, but when it comes right down to it, this is the third series docu-series this year relating to that period of time in the eighties. Now, with Legacy, they will evolve beyond that, starting with episode four. You're now going to see, starting to see some some parts of the Laker history books that has not been shown on the Magic docuseries and certainly not yet shown on the Winning Time series, which will probably not enter that until season two and beyond. But your thoughts now, this is the third docuseries touching on the same time frame. Uh, do you see it still resonating with fans out there? Do you see maybe that now it's the third time around this year? In fact, within the past six months that they're touching on these same subjects that it might get a little tiresome to some. For me, I'm loving it because of the fact that all the archival footage is out there, but I could, I'm could, i seeing some feedback that it might not have that same resonation uh, this time around. I think it really depends on what, what the viewer is looking for um, because, you know, show or not Showtime, Winning Time, um, is more of like a like it has a humor, um, you know, exaggerates the truth a little bit. Um, this one is more about you know, you know, they say it's the facts, but we don't know to what extent. But um, I, 
it really comes down to the viewer. I, I know a lot of people who watch Winning Time for the humor, but they don't watch uh, Legacy and vice versa. Um, but I was going to actually ask you, do you think there's too much Genie Buzz um, on Legacy and none of Claire Rothman? <laughs> uh, I think that's a, a good thing. I also fact that they didn't have Jim Hill as of yet because he's all over this archival footage. Jim Hill is a, a sports uh, icon in the Los Angeles area for the CBS affiliate. I'm not sure. Is, has he retired? I think he was still working there as of the past uh, late in the decade. I don't know. Joe, is he still working on, on Channel 2? I think he is. Okay. Uh, he doesn't age either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he was a major part, as you see in the archival footage, and also the fact that they didn't get some of the other Lakers that I think that were also a part of this. They didn't, they, there were some key people that they have left out that, that, you know, I would have loved to hear more from. Uh, and then again, also as well, some of the other figures during that period of time, like Jim Hill and like some others that were close to the scene that could also elaborate more on the story. Yes, it's a lot about Genie Bus right now, but the thing is with Genie Bus and, and and the buses because they have all the buses there that are represented as far as the kids are concerned. They all have their two cents on on what it was like behind the scenes. They also spend an inordinate amount of time in episode three on the lasers and the issues and the troubles that the uh, eldest son was not able to go ahead and handle it, so they gave it off to the uh, second in line as far as the second oldest uh, child. Uh, you know, gave it to him to go ahead and run and. I didn't find that really inspiring at all. I mean, I guess it's a precursor to what would happen later on as far as the bus fight, but they, they focused an inordinate amount of time on that, in my opinion, because, again, who really cared about the lasers when it came down to it? And, mm. and I, you know, not too many people did. But, you know, it's a, to me, again, like you said, with focusing on Genie Bus now so much, uh, it kind of may detract from what later on when she's going to become an even more central figure when it comes to the what happened in the last decade with the fight for the control of the Lakers, that's when I need to see a lot of Genie Bus. Maybe not so much now. Maybe you wanted more player uh, or, uh, you know, like again, Jim Hill or just some more type of interactions, more opinions on it. But again, it's nitpicking for the most part. It's a solid watch. And again, the archival footage, footage steals the show. I, I really like the um, how they were talking about how Magic when when he started getting close with with uh, Jerry Buss and he signed that twenty five million dollar twenty five year contract. How like the the other players on the team they they weren't sure if they could trust Magic or not, and yeah. I thought that was pretty interesting. Absolutely, and that's something that again he alluded to previously in his own docu series, and then of course uh, I think was also uh, just you know going to be expounded on in the winning trust time as how. well. If you don't trust Magic. After two championships in three seasons, you know, all you are is a jealous chode. Well, that's what was commented on. That's all the, it is. You, you know, it's not. Episode. It's it's not very hard to know when someone is when people get defensive right away when you call them out for their BS, and when people say things like "I don't trust this guy" because they got something you didn't, and they make up a bunch of bull about how they don't trust you. How the hell do you not trust Magic? How even then, Magic built that whole thing he built it all okay yes bird was a a, 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 is a big part of it i'm not saying it isn't but magic and that smile and his ability to be everything not just a basketball player not just a teammate not he was he was an image he was an image of a league that was 
filled with a bunch of those guys that were keeping it in bankruptcy, almost in bankruptcy. But that's what you hear from the players. They should have thanked them. They should have thanked them, just like they thanked Joe Namath when he helped everybody get more money in the in the sixties when he was t- when he went to the AFL and he got he got what was it seven hundred thousand dollars a year at that time, which was you know kind of like ten million dollars now. And I just I'm not I. I this, it's just asinine to think that somebody would say something stupid like that. Well, but then again, of- you heard this from more than one player in the docu-series. So that's, again, and that's something else that is in its favor that people need to check out. It's in episode two, I believe, correct? If I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Yeah, episode two, uh, you know, more than one player, whether it's jealousy or whatever, it's just the fact that, they, you know, because he signed that long-term contract, I think it was $25 million contract for, was it 25 years, yeah. something like that that he went ahead and signed that again, that was just not the fact it's not just only the fact that he signed it, but that the, you know, again, since he was with Jerry bus so much, what was the relationship was the relationship too close for the others as far as for their comfort. And then they expressed that it was more than one player that expressed that. And I was at least glad that they did that, that they were honest and upfront. And as far as speaking their mind on that. So. Also, Johnny Johnny Bus came off a little jealous too. He seemed like he was too. He wasn't happy that Magic was too close to his father. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. That's also the, that's something that was indicated as well. So you see these little things as far as little differences that that make the series stand out. Again, it's a pretty solid watch so far. I love the archival mm-hmm. footage. Uh, you know, I, I w- if I would try to reach out to other individuals, maybe during that time period, that also could provide more insight. Maybe they did. They left it on the cutting room floor. I'm not sure. I'm hoping to still see if I can get an interview with one of the people behind it. I'm still trying to deal with Hulu PR behind the scenes, so I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But, guys, uh, if you get a chance out there, if everyone gets a chance out there, to please go ahead and check out the first three episodes of Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers now on Hulu. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Please share them on the show. Please share them in the chat. Please share them on our social media. We're more than happy to go ahead and respond and share our thoughts accordingly. But we always love you apart as the Lakers fast break and moving forward. We hope you will continue to do so. I love that phrase that the, you know, that was dropped this morning, you know, moving forward, so to speak, but guys, it's been a great episode, John. I cannot thank you so much for joining us once again. It's been great having you back on the show before Joe and I go ahead and talk about what he's doing at LakersBall.com. I know you got a little YouTube channel. You want everybody to go ahead and subscribe to because you know, when you talk about it and I see your, your videos that come up, I get hungry. I just feel like I have to order something. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, yeah, I do. Some of the videos that I do, um, it's while I'm eating lunch, but mainly the channels about motivation and putting together a daily routine that reflects your goals and you know, just help help people make, make, you know, wiser and smarter choices overall. Absolutely. It's a very positive and very uh, good channel to go ahead and check out. It's, if you're worried about what how you know what the channel's called, what the channel's name, look at right there, right there. It's spelled out for you. It's John McCallion right there, spelled out for you. Just type in John McCallion on YouTube, and it comes right up. And for Joe Sorrell, of course, he's hanging around LakersBall.com. Before we head on out, what are they talking about at LakersBall.com? What's the hubbub? What's the, what's going on there? It's a great community. I've been a part of it before, and hope to be again. What's going on there, man? Uh. <laughs> we're trying to figure out what the what's going to happen next and there's been some discussion about getting Beverly and and I'm in complete horror of that happening and Bogdanovich and I'm just like 
you know, we're going from Westbrook to a guy that looks like he just came out of a dumpster. I I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I don't want that guy on this team. It's going to be very hard to cheer for him. I don't want, I'm tired of not wanting to cheer for the players on this team. It is exhausting. I thought I had one problem back, back when, when Jeff Kent joined the Dodgers, it was really hard to cheer for Jeff Kent. And at this last year, it's just been exhausting. I don't like these guys. Not in a personal matter. I don't want them near my team. So you don't think Patrick Beverly would be a good fit? No, I don't want that guy on the Lakers. He, he, it's I don't want any of these types on the Lakers. I don't want them. I want what we had in 2020. Those are Lakers. Okay, those are the guys that represented the Lakers, not just in winning. Even the guys in 2021, same guys. I want those. That's it. I don't, I don't want trashy players. I don't want guys that talk and can't back up what they say. I don't want those guys here. You know, I just don't. And uh, it's just kind of, it's just what it is. Just, it is what it is. Uh, people think it's funny. I'm, I don't think it's funny. I don't think bringing somebody like that in is, is going to help anything. Well, again, any move that the Lakers make is only going to be marginal. Uh, you know, I don't think it'll get to the point where, you know, the Lakers are going to start talking about being at the top of the Western Conference. I think this is something that right now you're going to see any change that the Lakers make could be helping out, could get the Lakers in the mix as far as a playoff run is concerned, which basically is what Laker Tom is hoping that they'll do as far as get to the part, point where you know, the Lakers can go ahead and be involved as far as in either in the play-in or a playoff series. So if we could sneak in as a fifth or a sixth team, I think that's what Laker Tom's best scenario, as he mentioned earlier in the show, that's what it's all about. So we'll see. We'll see. I don't uh, see. I don't, I'm trying to figure out how we can get in as a fifth seed with, with the current roster. It would, it would, not, it, not with it the would, current roster. No, it would have AD and LeBron would have to play 75 games each and, go that route there's no way that team will at will both go. mvp level 100 percent. both could make it work with the current roster and and by them being uh, a top five mvp player uh, both that means those guys around them are are contributing because obviously they're, they're the, the opposing teams are having issues guarding both players i i don't know i i, I there's a there's a there's an optimism so Here's where my optimism is. So the Dodgers lose yesterday in a shutout. My friend who's a Dodger fan says, Joe, what's going on? They've lost three out of five to Milwaukee. Oh, I go, yeah. Didn't they win 12 in a row recently? I, said, who? I go, who gives a crap? These guys, have they're up 17 games. They just need to keep their edge, finish the season, and get ready for the playoffs. That's where my optimism goes. There's a common sense attached to my optimism. If there's no common sense attached to the optimism, then it's going to come off as pessimistic. The reality is it's the reality. It's not really pessimistic, at least not on my book. The hey, Lakers, John, uh, well, remind me again, who is leading the Major League Baseball standings right now as far as the best record in the league? That would be the Dodgers. Okay. I was going to say I was gonna, <laughs> that was too easy for Joe to say because – but I thought with the LA hat on, uh, that might be something. <laughs> yeah. But it is, uh, it is the Dodgers at the top of the uh, MLB's charts right now. Yeah, doesn't mean anything unless they win the World Series. This is true, and, and it'll right. mean a lot more if they face Houston yeah, and sweep them good. in Houston. That'll be awesome. Well, could be worse. You could be uh, an Angels fan like me, and I would never be an Angels. Well, fan. at least Artie Moreno is starting. To think. However, about you will, you will, you will like this. 
My Let's daughter will. The team looks like. My daughter and her choir group will be singing uh, at the national anthem at an Angels Athletics game. I forgot what game it is, but it's at the end. Well, of congratulations! The year. Thank you. I, I like I hey I like Anaheim Stadium. I know it's been retrofitted, but it still is a great atmosphere there. I've been to Dodger Stadium many times, and still, depending on where you go and when you go, it's still a great time there as well. I have been in the bleachers in the back uh, as far as uh, at a Dodgers game, and that is truly an experience. But you know what? Chavez Ravine, still a great place to go ahead and catch a game, and so is uh, Anaheim Stadium. But we'll see what happens. Artie Moreno wants to sell the team. He's hinted already. He's gotten a group together to see what the best options are. So we'll see if uh, there's something on the road for the Angels. And, of course, with the Dodgers, they're looking good again. So, uh, again, they should be the favorites going into the playoffs. But can the Lakers become a favorite in the playoffs? We'll see. In any Let's hope they can make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm still hoping, <laughs> still thinking, but you have been great, John, as far as your thoughts. I'm hoping you can jump back on again whenever you can. Please support his channel today, John McCallion on YouTube, Joe Soro, fantastic as always. I'm hoping to go ahead and generate another show this week. I know Jamie said he wants to try and do one. I know Sean, maybe if he gets out by now, Toronto traffic, we can go ahead and and do something. Uh, Again, you guys came on short notice, and I truly appreciate it. But once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. If you have any questions for us, Lakers Fast Break on social media. And, of course, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Well, once again, KD has decided to go ahead and move forward. With the Nets, I guess, wasting everybody's time for the past month. It's been good conversation, nonetheless, I guess, for all these podcasts are out there. Where will the conversation turn now? Where will the Lakers turn now as far as Plan B is concerned? We'll find out in the coming days and weeks. I know the situation and our thoughts here are divided on where that will go. And we'll keep having these conversations and we'll keep sharing our thoughts continuously right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.